Have you ever been misunderstood? We all have. And it's not that we said something wrong, but our words are just maybe misunderstood. And because of that, communication broke down. And it can even cause a rift in a relationship. And when it comes to our communication with God, God certainly doesn't want to be misunderstood either. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And in this podcast, we want to consider how we can avoid misunderstanding God's word. We're going to talk about the value of study. Chris, good to be with you. Hey, Lynn, thank you. So uh, this is what we do. Uh, Both of us have a ministerial background each week we are dealing with helping people prepare uh so i I think that this is going to be a great opportunity for us to talk about the value of what we do and how we can help uh, those who listen to our podcast to develop some uh things that will help them in their study of god's word that's right chris and i tell you when i'm teaching a class one of the people that helps me is dr greg pouncey Greg is with the podcast uh, with us today. So, Greg, thanks for joining us. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Dr. Pouncey is, uh, well, he's a pastor. He pastors in um, uh, First Baptist Church in Clinton, Mississippi. But he also is the commentary writer for Advanced Bible Study. And, Greg, really, my last thing I do is I've done all my preparations. I want to come back and I read Advanced. Uh, because just those, that extra insight, uh, the supplemental commentary and all that you provide. So thank you for doing that um, in your work. I appreciate it. I love doing it the verse by verse and just picking out words and studying the text a little deeper than we might be able to in just the learner guide. So, Greg, does what you do when you write for advanced align a lot with what you do in preparing to uh, preach weekly? It's a very similar process because I, I began every sermon with first I translate the the text from the original language. That's usually a few weeks in advance, and then uh, I start breaking that down, and then I start studying each section, uh, studying commentaries, working on the word studies, and then I start putting the sermon together. So it lines up very very well to what I do as a pastor. And we all look at that and go, man, that is great. I wish I had time to do that. And the reality is most of us don't. Most of the lay people, the jobs, the family responsibilities, uh, they're not pastoring a church or have all that time. But it's still important for all of us, regardless of our walk in life, to spend time and studying God's word. And we're talking not just simply reading God's word on a daily basis. We're talking about taking planned time to study. And that's the whole point of this session we're going to be discussing today. It's the idea that regular study of God's word keeps us firmly grounded. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2 for this discussion and for our Bible study. So let me begin reading in verse 14. This is what Paul said. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. (laughs) This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. But be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Verse 15 is a uh, is a key passage for those who teach. So, so those of you who are listening to our podcast are teachers. Uh, we want to take seriously that admonition. Don't don't be ashamed to be be sure that you're prepared and ready approved correctly teaching the word of truth so let's chase this idea what it means to be approved uh 
uh, he says, st- you know, study to, uh, to be one who is one approved. So I have to study the Bible to be approved by God. Is that what it's saying? No, it's not what we do to get the approval of God. Uh, it's God being pleased with us because we are a workman who is digging out that part of his word to understand it better. So we're not doing it for the approval. We receive the approval because of what we have done. I, I just want us to be very clear on that. The people understand that, that um, we, we're, we're approved because we rightly handle God's word. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has to do with our testing. As we study and apply God's word, we overcome the trials that come our way, and we've been tested in our walk with Christ and been found acceptable. I think the opposite of that is just in the verses previous to that, he gives illustrations of uh, three different types of people, soldiers, athletes, and farmers. And he talks about them. And if you, one thing all three of those have in common is they are not lazy. Uh, you know, you have soldiers working very hard. You have athletes uh, working very hard for the goal. You have a farmer. Uh, he has to be disciplined. He has to be, uh, you know, working really hard. And so, uh, you know, I think with those three images coming right before this, that's what he's saying is we don't want to be a worker who is ashamed. Uh, we don't want to be a person who handles God's word and does a slack job with it because we haven't studied. We haven't given it their proper attention that it needs to be able to understand that text. Earlier in the fall, we were looking at the book of James and, and James says, you know, be careful about your desiring to be a teacher because you will be held to a higher or a stricter standard. And uh, it, it, this aligns with what uh, what Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 2. Being judged by that higher standard certainly means I need to study diligently. Now, I, I want to raise a question here. Um, in fact, it's a question in the, in the personal study guides about what might get in the way of regularly studying God's word. And I know all of us uh, in our groups, we can certainly discuss a lot of things that get in the way. Uh, time constraints, you know, our, our kids, uh, work schedules. There's a lot of things that can come into play. And uh, gentlemen, I don't know about you, but my experience has been, I've had some people make a comment to me that I wish I could, I wish I could do what you do, where you have that freedom during the day just to study God's word. And I, I hear what they're saying, yet at the same time, I think, yeah, I would like that too, because the reality is, even as a pastor, even as a uh, you know, full-time minister, I still face distractions that pull me from God's Word. Is that your, is that your experience too? Oh, absolutely. As a pastor, uh, maybe the congregation thinks you spend all of your time in the office all day, every day, preparing for the message, but... In reality, you have hospitals to visit. You have families uh, that you that are having conflict that you're working with. You have counseling opportunities that you have to be with, and so there's just so many more things that come to the plate. And even as a pastor who has that time in the office to be able to study, there's it still requires discipline to be able to study. And uh, you know, I think that's true of anybody in any occupation, it's, it's all about, have we carved out that moment? Maybe you don't carve out every day uh, to study. Uh, we want to certainly read the word of God every day, but maybe you carve out once a week and, and take a passage and, and unpack that passage and learn more about it and grow in your understanding of it. And I think uh, setting realistic goals about that and then being disciplined to follow up with that, I think is very, very important. 
Yeah, discipline is a key there, Greg. I'm convinced that we always we find time for what we want to do. Because a lot of people, I just don't have time to do that. Well, you, you'll find time for it. If it's something you really want to do, we always can make time for it. But let's talk a little bit, some practical things about other dis- things that kind of maybe get in the way of our study. Uh, Greg, in our pre-show conversation, you had mentioned some things that, are, that make it uh, barriers, if that's the right word to use, for people to be able to study God's word. Can you, can you tell us what those are? Yeah, I think a lot of people say, well, I don't have time. And, uh, you know, we all have the same amount of time, and it's how we adjust that time to do the things that we think are the most important. And so uh, that would be one in which we've already talked about. But then some people, they don't have the proper tools to do that. You know, they're trying to study the Bible, but uh, they need some helps, things like a commentary or, uh, you know, a word study book that maybe you don't know Greek, but maybe uh, you can sit down with a word study book that will help you to be able to understand what that that Greek word is. And so I think having proper tools stands in some people's way that don't know where to start. Um, and some just don't know how. How would I go about this? And, you know, it's as easy as saying, OK, I'm going to study Second Timothy. And I'm going to break it down into its parts. Most English Bibles have broken it down into manageable parts. And so go learn a little bit about the background of why Paul wrote Second Timothy. Learn who it's written to and what the circumstance was. And then begin to take it section by section and use your commentaries, use your, um, you know, your word studies to help you to kind of understand what that is. And, uh, you know, so I think having those uh, proper tools is important, but so is just having a process to know how would I go about studying. And then some people don't because they just don't see the benefit of that. You know, I go to Sunday school, um, you know, I go to my life group or whatever, and we sit down, we talk about a passage. Uh, Why is it important for me to sit down personally and dive into that passage and go deeper? And so uh, what benefits do I receive from that? And I think those stand in people's way a lot of times. And, you know, Greg, I I hear a lot of um, a lot of people seem to be content with just learning from their like they sit in a Sunday school class or a Bible study group. You know, I've also experienced this, that when people will take the time to even even read the personal study guide. Prior to coming to the group, they spend a little extra time in that passage, like, for instance, Second Timothy 2. They spend some time with it before they come to class, thinking about it, processing it, letting a book like Advanced Bible Study or the Personal Study Guide guide them. The benefit, they benefit the rest of the class. They benefit the teacher. Uh, I found when those people come, it makes for a richer experience for everybody. Well, hopefully what we've done will help that study along the way, and we'll give them the tools whether it be advanced commentary or whether it be the leader guide, learner guide, uh, hopefully those things have been avenues that will help them spend that concentrated time on a passage preparing for that Sunday. So we want to encourage those of you who are listening to um, use the tools that your church provides through a personal study guide, uh, personal learner guide, or um, other tools that LifeWay provides. There are ways like the advanced Bible study where you can go deeper uh, in God's word personally. So that's a, that's a good approach as well. Uh, we've kind of been all around it, but a good study Bible is helpful uh, because it, it will break down and give some explanation of verses and give an introduction to books. So that's another important tool. 
one of the things, one of the uh, questions that we ask in the engaged portion of the senior adult is, uh, when has personal Bible study been a priority in your life? And uh, it would, it's probably good to have conversations around when, when has actually having to do this or making the decision to go deeper into God's word had an impact on your life? So that's a good question to ask and to have a conversation about uh, with the people in your group. So if, if, you, if you want to know more about studying God's word, uh, if you have the opportunity, if you're a teacher, you're having an opportunity to prepare uh, every week. If, if you aren't a regular teacher, you, but are interested, it might be good to, to volunteer or to try teaching uh, so that you see what it's like to go deeper in God's word and, and know some of the tools that we've discussed here. Greg has mentioned some very good resources and Chris has as well. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in, I want to get more involved in studying the Bible, but I'm not sure where to, what books and stuff to use. Let me encourage you to talk to your pastor, uh, find out what resources he has found beneficial in his own study and preparation. And there's going to be some uh, like we're sitting here doing this podcast via Zoom and I'm seeing Dr. Pouncey's office and (laughs) it's easy to see his office and get book envy. You've got a great library, Greg. You really do. Um, And and. And your pastor may have some books like that he would recommend. For me personally, what I've started doing, and this is, some people find this surprising because I'm an old guy. I use the Logos Bible app. Uh, In fact, Greg, when I moved a few years ago, most of my commentaries and study books are still in the attic. It's still boxed up because I use the electronic versions. Uh, And I, Again, people people either love doing it or they just think, no, no, I'd rather have a book in my hand. Uh, but that has been a great help for me to have an online resource that I can open up multiple books uh, at the same time and instantly open them up. Well, let's kind of move on in this discussion because we, we spent a lot of time talking about the value of being diligent in studying God's Word. But let's talk about why that study is important, because as, as we get into verse 16, we're going to see that that, that study of God's word is going to keep us grounded in the truth. Paul said in verse 16, avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it uh, will produce even more godlessness and their teaching will spread like gangrene. Hymenaeus and Philetus are among them. They have departed from the truth saying that the resurrection has already taken place and are ruining the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, bearing this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. So this is the second time that Paul mentions avoiding irreverent or empty speech, even the passage that we're looking at. Um, and I cannot think of a time in history where there has been more irreverent and empty speech. We fill a lot of time on TV and radio and other places with words, don't we? We sure do. And I, I, you're right. That's the second time he mentioned it. First time he said that we were not supposed to um, fight about words. And he said, this is useless and leads to ruin. And then he says it again in the passage uh, that Lynn just read, uh, that when we get to debating, uh, you know, philosophies and things that really don't matter, 
Um, and that's the, that's the importance of study is to know what is important, uh, to know what is worth debating about, because there are certain things that we do need to talk about and we need to talk about them strongly. Uh, even Paul himself, you know, is going to get into discussion with Peter about him not eating with Gentiles. So that was worth a discussion about and, and probably not a easy discussion. Um, but, um, you know, I think what it's saying is avoid discussions that don't matter. And the only way we're going to know what matters is we, we've got to study. We've got to dig deep and see what is the gospel and what is its implications for me. Now, in this particular context, uh, Timothy being the pastor of the, the church in, in Ephesus, likely what he was dealing with was uh, the philosophy or the beliefs related around Gnosticism. And he, because uh, he mentions here, they've departed from the truth, truth saying that the resurrection has already taken place. And our writer uh, of the personal study guide makes reference to this idea of, of Gnosticism. And, and John, uh, the Apostle John also deals with Gnosticism. Um, you want to give us a little bit of uh, background for those who may not be familiar with the, uh, the, the beliefs behind Gnosticism? Well, Gnosticism believed that the, the human body itself was evil. Uh, so what you had is you had this, this uh, supreme being, and then uh, from that supreme being came these different emanations, and somewhere down the road was, uh, you know, emanating from that supreme being was the human body. And so it was something to be evil, something that you didn't, uh, you know, that, that you tried to release yourself from. And so for them, uh, part of that was to say that, hey, there is no resurrection of the body. The resurrection's already happened. And so that's what was being taught in Ephesus. Um, I just recently got back from Ephesus for the first time and was just really amazed at all of the different, uh, different temples that were there. Uh, so many different temples that were represented in the city of Eph Ephesus. And so you had so many different thought processes there in that city. It was a huge city for its day. And, uh, you know, so among those were those Christians who were saying that because the body is evil, we don't believe in a resurrection of the body. The resurrection's already happened. You've already been raised spiritually. Now, Paul talks in those terms that we've been raised with Christ, but he's talking spiritual there, but he also believed in a bodily resurrection. And because people here were dismissing the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, then so, uh, their bodily, their own bodily resurrection, I might say, they were casting doubt upon the, the resurrection of Jesus uh, and his body. And so that's causing a huge problem in Ephesus. And that's what he's trying to combat. What comes to mind as maybe some things our culture gets wrong about uh, theological things and things from God's word? Well, the biggest one I can think of is, I mean, it's just all through our culture right now, is how do we handle the sin of homosexuality? We have people who are, even within the church, those who are coming, well, we're not interpreting the Bible right. I know what Paul said, but I think this is what he meant. And uh, we want to couch the, the teachings about, the, about sinfulness of the act of homosexuality. We want to change that. Uh, to fit our own culture, to fit our own preferences. Uh, I, Chris, I think that's that's the biggest one that comes to mind because it seems like at least every couple of weeks, I'm hearing a, an issue, uh, the Christians dealing with this. 
Yeah, I think there's several uh, that we would deal with. Jesus being one of the ways to God, but not not the only way to God. Um, repentance being necessary for salvation, that you would turn from your sin uh, to Christ, I think has been an issue as well, which flows into kind of a universalism. Doesn't Jesus just save everybody? Um, and uh, even the prosperity gospel uh, today, that Jesus wants you healthy, wealthy, and wise, and um, that if you're sick, it's because you lack the faith. Uh, that particular type of teaching uh, is very prevalent, and I think that the Bible certainly speaks to those issues, and I think it's worth a conversation. It's not empty chatter. It's not useless debate uh, when we're talking about those issues. I think the empty chatter comes to when we start chasing those minor issues that are not central to our faith. For instance, you mentioned the Gnosticism and how they were denying the resurrection. Well, the resurrection is a central key component to Christianity. Uh, so that's not in, endless empty chatter just to talk about that. Uh, but we do get sidetracked on a lot of small, smaller issues. Earlier this year, we had a study on the second coming of Christ based on Matthew 24 and 25. Lifeway, how our approach to that is we do not officially espouse one millennial view. We all have our views, but what we do is we realize and we recognize there are godly people who hold to each of the different views. There are godly people who hold to the inerrancy, inerrancy and the authority of Scripture that hold the different views. Uh, so there's going to be some little differences of what, things we disagree on. But the thing, that, the bottom line is we all agree Jesus is returning. But can I just say that I got a lot of complaints, uh, not a lot, but from some different individuals because we didn't come down and say it's exactly this way. And uh, to me, that's getting into the minutia and arguing about minutia. Well, how can you believe the Bible if you don't believe it is this way? The bottom line is Jesus is returning. That is one of those foundational truths. The details we may differ on, but we agree on the central truth. And then there's issues that are local church issues, too, such as, you know, divorce deacons. How do you interpret that phrase? Uh, you know, the husband of one wife. Certainly, um, you know, there are several interpretations of that, and uh, I, I think that's a local church decision. They make that decision uh, how their their church is going to interpret that, that clause. As a pastor, I don't come in and say it's my job to change their viewpoint. Uh, I have pastored churches that I disagreed with how they interpreted that phrase, but, you know, and, and I told them that, and I said, now, yours is a legitimate uh, interpretation. Mine is, too, and so... Uh, you know, let's not fuss about that. Let's just move forward for the gospel. And, uh, you know, I'll honor the tradition of this church the way you've interpreted it, and we'll move from there. That's a little different than saying the resurrection uh, didn't happen and, you know, Christ is not risen from the dead. Well, as uh, we kind of come up uh, now to verses 22 through 26, building on this discussion we've had about the, the, the benefit of studying God's word, it keeps us grounded in the truth. Let's also see that when we obey it, we obey what we learn, it really benefits God's whole kingdom. Paul wrote this in verse 22, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. 
but reject foolish and ignorant disputes because you know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Chris, we see there again this kind of reference to avoiding the foolish and ignorant disputes and this, the, the conversations we have that are pointless. And Andy also gives some, again, this is a pastoral epistle, so he's giving some uh, sage advice and some uh, words of wisdom to Timothy. Listen, be gentle with people, be patient with them, instruct them with gentleness. Uh, so, uh, so personally, I think as I read Paul's writings, uh, I think you see over time, that, that Paul understands these. I, maybe when he was young, Paul, uh, just coming out of his Pharisaic background where he was always ready to fight. Uh, over time, he's gotten to the place where he knows the importance of taking your time and being gentle. Uh, for me, it's interesting to see that he's taking the time with his, with his young protege to say, listen, here's some things that you need to do. Yeah, I like probably my favorite sentence in the whole learner guide is towards the end and it's talking in this particular section and it said don't miss the key spiritual equation your bible study plus your gentle gentle application of what you learn might equal your opponent's salvation i thought wow what a verse i wish i would have written that uh, but i didn't and uh, that person did a tremendous job with that because that's what he's saying you know instead of making us proud and abrasive and wanting to fight everybody about everything, when we truly study God's word and figure out what's important with it, through our gentleness, our goal is not that we become smarter. Our goal is that we share with the lost that they might come to Jesus Christ. And, you know, evangelism flowing out of our study of the scriptures is something that excites me very, very much. Well said. So when we obey God's word, live it out, and live out our, what we're studying and, and learning from our studying, we really do benefit God's kingdom and how, how we share that. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for a good conversation today. Let me just uh, offer this uh, reminder, too, that uh, as, as Greg Pouncey is with us today, he is one of the writers of the Advanced Bible Study. And since we're talking about studying God's Word, I would encourage you to uh, pick up a copy of that as, as we kind of look at maybe toward the next issue, looking toward the winter. Uh, ask your church to get a copy of Advanced Bible Study for you. Um, I, I regularly read it, and uh, it truly is a beneficial uh, resource. And, and Greg, what I like about it is it is a commentary that you don't have to have a lot of biblical understanding. Uh, or like, like you mentioned earlier, I don't have to know the Greek and the Hebrew. You help explain it in a way I think that anybody can understand. Thank you for doing that. So anyway, that's Advanced Bible Study. That's my little commercial. Uh, gentlemen, you have anything to say to close this? Well, uh, as someone who studies the word regularly, uh, I want to encourage everybody that is involved in this lesson to commit that time. Uh, if it's once a week or if it's twice a week or whatever you can give to it, that you would understand the word. Not only will you be blessed, but the people that you impact around you will be blessed. 
Okay. Well, we thank you. Uh, thanks, Greg. And thanks again for joining us for this podcast. And those of you who are leading groups, I hope this has been a good motivation for you to, to prepare for this uh, your upcoming group. And those who are group members, thank you for joining us for this podcast. I hope it was very beneficial for you uh, as a motivation to get into the habit, the discipline of studying God's Word. And we pray God will bless you as you study. <music>